embracing who I was and finally accepting myself and being proud of my culture and my heritage and being okay with that forever. It feels like it took me to just say, I'm me and I'm okay with both of those worlds and that's who I am. And I'm going to use my gifts. And my gift was just the ability to figure out how to support my community. And that's what it all boils down to. And I think the success of our brand has been from day one where we've been about giving back and really trying to truly solve the problem of helping Indigenous people and especially children see their value in this world. And Indigenous people have a place and a spot and we can be business leaders and we can be community leaders and we can do all of these things and feel seen. And that's what our brand truly exists for. We've never swayed from that. And I feel like when you're really hone in on your why your brand has to exist, I think that that's what drives success around it. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths, so sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. Hello, my lovelies. Today, I am so excited to interview this next powerhouse guest. She is such an inspiration to women in business and has built an epic business and brand that is making a real difference for generations to come. When you get to meet people who don't sacrifice their values for some quick cash, because really, who could blame them if they did? It's hard out here, okay? It really needs to be highlighted and revered because, listen... We're all in this entrepreneurship game. It is hard, okay? AJ already hard. But I want you to welcome an award-winning social entrepreneur, Jen Harper, to the Juicy CEO stage. She is the founder and CEO of a brand called Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics, Inc., which is a digitally native direct-to-consumer brand that is helping Indigenous youth see themselves in a beauty brand while being committed to donating 2% of revenues to organizations that support Indigenous people. In addition to Cheekbone's mission, she strives to educate as many people as possible about the residential school system and the effects it has on her own family and friends through decades of generational trauma. She speaks regularly to university, college, and high school students about social entrepreneurship, empathy, and the history of her First Nations family. Jen has been making a name for herself in the beauty industry for a number of years, but has been gaining popularity quickly after being on the hit CBC show, Dragon's Den. She loves to say Indigenous people are the OGs of sustainability, and we're about to find out why. So Jen has such an amazing story and an amazing brand. I love her products. So please welcome Jen. To the Juicy CEO stage. Oh, that's such a welcome. I love it. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. So please, let's start there. I would love, what do you mean when you say the Indigenous people are the OGs of sustainability? So I read an article in National Geographic a few years back, and it said 
indigenous people, we only make up 5% of the global population, but are protecting 80% of the world's biodiversity. So if you think of the Amazon rainforest, pipeline, fish farms, and our waterways, whoever is protesting those things, and then it's generally indigenous or native people that have done a lot of like, I guess, fighting for environmental rights, if you will. And then I started to think about it and, and realize, I think is like culturally, indigenous people have an innate connection to all living things. And I think the best story to explain that is my dad still lives on our res. Last spring, I called him and we're talking. He's like, oh, your cousins are here. They're, they're coming over. They're here. And I was like, who? Bruce, Rodney, naming off my cousins. And he's like, no, the bears, they're coming out of the woods because it was spring. And it, like, I'm giggling, but this was this is how he truly and honestly really feels. And then the more I got to understand and learn and the more I continue to learn, it is truly this innate connection with all things living. So land, air, water, sea, it's this respect, right? That this, you know, the, in this concept of this was a gift, the earth to, to us and what we're doing and how, what are we doing our part to take care of it? And I think I feel, felt this heavy weight as an entrepreneur, as someone who is part of this consumer goods world, were there things we could do differently? And yes, the list is enormous. There's a ton more we still can be doing, but this year we're really proud that we were well, well on our way to checking all of those things and making sure that we're going to continue to truly be as sustainable as possible and using our indigenous roots to, to really help us guide our way. I love that. And, you know, as somebody myself who is consumer of many a thing, you know, I love that when I was introduced to your brand, that this was, you know, your ethos. And it made me like as a consumer, really, because I had a chance to dig into the brand, the history, the, the thought process and, you know, it made me really just rethink some of the things that I was doing and how easy it is to really put sustainability at the forefront of the things that we're buying, right? Like it's sometimes really an afterthought, especially for a lot of, you know, consumers for brands, like it's a nice to do, but it's really like, I love how you have woven it in throughout, like this is like a non-negotiable. Yeah, and it didn't start that way. Like just to, for other entrepreneurs, for people that have businesses or as a consumer, I think it's important to understand that you have to start and just a simple change, simple steps is is the way that you can approach it. Because it was set, certainly not the origins of the brand. It was always a personal passion, a, a part of me who I was as a person. And I was always cared about those things. But it certainly when we first started Cheekbone Beauty, our full foundation was built on the idea of representation and how much that matters and how much it still matters. But then we wove in this the sustainability concepts throughout building the brand. That's a very important message for people to understand, too, because sometimes entrepreneurs, but new business owners, when they have, they're so rigid in their thinking and what they want to do when it's not working, then they give up and then it's over. But you had that chance to evolve and you guys are still evolving, which is really awesome. And you do have both of your mission, you know, both mission integrated into your brand now, which is really great. So, you know, I've had a chance to read about your story, but I would love it if you told the listeners, how did the dream, <laughs> wink, wink, of Cheekbone Beauty come to be? Yeah. So really was a dream. I'm like always so adamant about expressing that because sometimes I think because I'm native, people are like, was it like a vision? I'm like, no, it was like I laid in bed and I had a dream, <laughs> like one of those dreams. And I don't remember a lot of dreams, but I certainly remembered this one because it was pretty life changing. And what it was is just these native little girls 
covered in lip gloss. They had the rosiest little cheeks and it was all about their joy and laughter. Like they were having so much fun while they were making such a mess of themselves. But I, it's really important for everyone to understand. I was at this crazy intersection of my life, newly sober. So I had battled alcoholism for many, many years. I got sober November 26th of 2014. And then I had this dream in January of 2015. And at the same time, I'm learning about residential school. And that's my grand, my grandmother's experience and my grandfather's, but I mostly know about my grandmother's was residential school. And so as all of us have learned, it was not a pleasant situation for, for First Nations people that had to experience that. And it created what was called generational or transgenerational trauma. My grandparents are faced with an event that they're not equipped to handle. And then when they left the system, they unfortunately, you know, went on to have children. But then this trauma is passed on to my father, my aunties, my uncles, and then ultimately passed on to me and my siblings. So I'm learning this. And I just became obsessed. And I think this is a story with a lot of entrepreneurs. You have this idea and you really become obsessed with it. So I had spent like 2015 all the way into 2016 learning as much as I possibly could about one, how am I going to get a lip gloss made and figure that side out? But I was also learning about in my Indigenous culture, the Indigenous history in, in North America, found out that actually making the lip gloss part wasn't as difficult as I would have imagined. So there's, you know, with globalization, there is pretty simple to have or use what is it called white label or private label. And it's when a brand or an organization, a manufacturer makes products and they put in packaging and they will put your logo on the, on the, on the package. And that seemed pretty simple. I found an organization in the Toronto area, very low minimum quantities, which, you know, now is, as any business operator grows, the, the more changes you want to make to something, the larger quantities of that item you'd have to make. But that was a way I had to start. And so that's initially how we started. I didn't have a lot of money. I've been open and shared. It was literally like $500, a corner in my basement. And I grabbed a couple of this, the products from this manufacturer supplier took pictures of them, launched a Shopify store, and then began building out the social media platforms is where I really, really saw, oh my goodness, people want this brand to exist. Like our community was just reacting so well. And really, I could see the power and the potential. But those early days were so focused on on that idea of representation and how much it matters. And it really stemmed from me growing up thinking, okay, yep, Never saw myself in beauty marketing, mainstream marketing. Never have seen myself in any mainstream marketing, really. And then the more I started to think about that, and then I started to think about, wow, our kids, what would they do if there was role models? And just that whole concept, if you can see it, you can be it. And so our early days were about creating products that were named after Indigenous women. We called it the Warrior Women Collection. And these were you know, women that were doing really cool, incredible things in our communities, past and present. And then thinking about how we could just continue to provide this place where Indigenous kids felt seen and where they felt like they mattered. And the more I was learning about the history of the treatment of, of Indigenous people, I really felt like, okay, of, of any kids, you know, and group that needs to know they feel like they matter, I feel like it was Indigenous kids and, you know, they've been left out of so many things and and their needs not taken care of. I felt like, can you imagine it's just a brand that's, we we say this all the time to this day, it's just like a soft place for, for people to land. And then we've learned and realized that, you know, 
this soft place to land is not only for our Indigenous people, but really discovering how our brand has become a place where all people can come and ask questions and feel safe because we're living in such a crazy times that, you know, there's so much misinformation online. And how do I go to a community event like a powwow? Am I allowed? And so I thought, our brand could also be this place where, where people are learning about Indigenous culture to the best of our ability. We do not have all the answers and we'll never pretend to, but I have made connections and possibly could connect people to the right resources. And so it's interesting that the our DMs and our emails, our inboxes are filled with things not necessarily having anything to do with makeup. <laughs> and I, and I love that, right? Because it's, it's your shifting people's mindset around things and, and it's through Yes, the vehicle is, you know, a beauty brand, but you're, you're opening people's eyes to so many things. And that's how change, I believe that's how change happens, right? That's how minds get changed is when they're, you're exposing people to newness and not just, you know, within your community, but outside your community, because outside your community also is where people need some mind. <laughs> Why do you said that? Cause I often think I'm like, our community knows, like we know what's happened. We know what's going on. So the idea of awareness on, on issues is really what we're here to talk about. And many times that's what we use. Well, like, you know, of course, yes, we want to bring the best, highest quality, greenest, efficacious products to the beauty world. And we want to actually change up the beauty world and how they've been doing things when we think of our sustainability mission. But also at the same time, if we have this platform, it's about creating awareness. And I think awareness, and, and I'm really honest about saying, of course, I don't, I can't change the world. I know that I'm one, one person, we're one small brand, but we can be a little tiny voice, right? And we can share something that maybe something that somebody didn't know. And if we actually had the ability to just help somebody learn something new, then I feel like we're doing a good thing. And I know you, I know you say you're one small voice, but it's one small voice that's, you know, going over to other small voices who are showing, sharing. Cause that's, I mean, I literally, I'm on social media all the time. I may have seen cheekbone, you know, at some point, but it came from somebody else, a non-Indigenous person who was like, do you know cheekbone beauty? Oh my God, it's so amazing. Like just this, this like, oh my gosh, you have to have it. You have to like, look at this right now. And from that minute on, I was like, where have I been? Like, I'm a candidate, you're a candidate. This doesn't even make sense that I don't know that this exists, right? So it's like these, the small voice that goes on to the next small voice to the next small voice. And there's so many small voices together can make a real powerful statement which I think is what you're doing. And I would love to talk a little bit about your social media game, right? So because you started off, you know, I love to hear people's entrepreneurs journey, right? Because everyone sees the, sees you maybe on Dragon's Den or sees, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, she's big time and she made it and all the things. But what it took to get there, hello, people that took something. So you know, you've got this small little corner where you're building this thing and you got a Shopify store and you start taking pictures on social media. Can you point to like the catalyst where things shifted for you, where you started like, oh, we're building something a bit bigger than I thought? Yeah. So it's been a lot of things. And that's what I always like. I don't know if it's that whole like knight in shining armor story we've been told ever since we're children. And it's not real. It's never one big thing, right? It's like a lifetime of tiny things that just keep going. And and so I had to wrap my head around that that's how it really works, but there's been several and it's really the beauty community in Canada is really small and I'm grateful for their support. 
there's never been an indigenous brand that had created the platform that we had. There has been people that entered and tried, but I don't think, you know, when it's timing is everything. And I think with the power of social media and we came at the right time, people in this country started talking about indigenous people more in a new, in a new way. And I feel like that timing with us entering the space has been part of why it's been successful. Cause I, I'm literally, I'm not, I don't have any, like, I feel like I didn't know any special tactics or I just started figuring out how social media work. And, or in, even in my early days, my career, I was selling seafood before starting this brand. Like I've been in the food industry my entire career. So at the time of cheekbone, I was selling seafood fish to chefs, hotel owners, and still had to do that job for three years while I was doing this on the nights and nights and weekends. And I remember going to my boss because Flair had just put out an article about our brand in 2017. And I believe that was the article that got us recognized. So Flair had gone digitally already, but back in then day in 2017, still people were seeing digital articles. Like even now we'll have, we were in a digital article in the lore. And I'm like, how many people actually saw that? Well, not as many as there were probably in 2017. And plus Canada's beauty community is very small. So from that article, two incredible beauty directors, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn, who are part of an organization called, they have a podcast called Breaking Beauty. And then they invited me to be on the show. And then from being on their show, somebody heard me there. And then I was invited. So with all of those things and heading to speaking events and networking events and meeting people at one in another situation where then I got to meet Doug, who's one of my mentors since the beginning. He found Bite Beauty, another Canadian beauty brand. So to have a mentor in the space that has done it, that has worked for an organization like Sephora, who was always our dream partner. And he's been critical in that path. And if it wasn't for me heading to that one event that I got invited to from somebody else because of all of those little tiny things that happen along the way. And, and you know, I feel like we just launched in Sephora.ca last September. We're now in only 15 of their stores. And people are like, oh, you made it. You're in Sephora. But when you say like, I feel like we're just getting started now because now is like you got to sell yourself in Sephora or they kick you out. <laughs> like they don't keep you. You're just not just like, yeah, this is like this- in the door. But once you're yeah. in, the door, you got to show and prove. Yeah. And now they're, I feel like the real work is just beginning. But those early years of just developing the brand, the branding, developing myself as an entrepreneur, asking other entrepreneurs crazy questions. You know, I remember going to the Women of Influence event and I met Rachel Milkey, who's the founder of a jewelry company, mostly in the West of Canada. She's start, she's launching some stuff in Ontario soon, but Hilberg and Burke. And I knew she, her business had done 75 million that year because I heard the numbers at this event. And I saw her and I'm like, oh, that's, I knew who she was from social media. And I just went up to her and I asked, I don't know what possessed me to ask her this, but maybe because I was feeling this way, but I was like, do you ever feel like you don't know what you're doing? And she said, yes, still every every, every every day. day. And that just gave me such validation that I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's hit 75 million a year. I'm like, I can still keep going and not know what I'm doing, but figure it out. And to this day, that's one of our famous lines that Chief for Beauty is we'll figure it out, right? Like we'll figure it out, you know, and having the women like that, even having conversations with Joanna Nix, Joanna Neckler, Joanna Nix. Joanna from Nixware? Joanna Griffiths from Nix. She says she gets that all the time. But, you know, she just sold 80% of her company this last week. Like what a, in 
incredible Canadian business story for $480 million. Like, and she started the same way as the e-com world. And, 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 you know, she doesn't know what she's doing every single day. So these, this is like proof that it's possible for all of us. As long as, you know, the reality is you just, you work your butt off and you get out there and you do it and it, and it, it will, it will work and connecting and talking to the right people and never feel like I feel like shame just to be, get personal for a second, drove most of my life. And like, man, that really sucked when I look back. I was 38 years old when I got sober. And that's when shame started to die for me. I'd been ashamed of who I was and where I came from because of how I was treated most of my life for being a Native woman in this country and the color of my skin and, and, and my culture. And then also when you're an alcoholic, there's so much shame that comes with with that. And so getting sober embracing who I was and finally accepting myself and being proud of my culture and my heritage and being okay with that. I was half white, right? For so long, not only I felt like my native community was rejecting me and then I have white community. I'm not white enough. So it was like living in this world of like, who am I? What am I good at? Like, and, and just finding out it forever. It feels like it took me to just say, I'm me and I'm okay with both of those worlds. And that's who I am. And I am going to use my gifts and my gift was certainly, I don't have any special gifts, but it was just the ability to figure out how to support my community. And that's what it all boils down to. And I think the success of our brand has been from day one where we've been about giving back and really trying to truly solve the problem of helping Indigenous people and especially children see their value in this world. And that's, you know, uh, and Indigenous people have a place and a spot and we can be business leaders and we can be community leaders and we can do all of these things and be in and feel seen. And that's what our brand truly exists for. We've never swayed from 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 that. And I feel like when you're really hone in on your 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 sort of the why your brand has to exist. I think that that's what drives success around it as well. Mm, I love that. And I love that you are keeping the mission always at the forefront. I believe I can hear like that is what drives you when it's hard, when you guys are trying to make decisions, how you build your brand, how you build your products. And I think that's important for people to hear in terms of like, what's the compass? You know, what's the thing that continues to keep you on the quote unquote right road for you and sharing all those stories of all the women you met who, to, who are, who are, you know, have surpassed us in so many ways, but at the same time, don't know what they're doing all the time is just so refreshing because, you know, you and I were talking offline that to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur, you, you need to be a bit crazy, right? And then you're like, you know, not a bit, like a lot, like a lot. You literally have to put your, your ego, your identity, your finances, your everything up at risk, at under scrutiny, under a, a microscope, all in the name of going after what you believe is your purpose. And, and, you know, and that takes a certain human being. And I hear a lot around, you know, a personal development journey in order to be the, the where you are today. And I'm a big believer that, you know, we can't build a successful business. We can't make change. We can't be community leaders if we ourselves are not feeling whole. Right. Like there's a piece that we have to go through in order to be that for others. And you've done that. So like a big congratulations to you because for you and your, you know, future generations that you impact, but also for you, you know, like, you know, like you've been through some shit. Okay. So, and you've come on the other side. I believe though, those who've gone through things are those who make the best business owners. Those are the ones who create change. Those are the ones who sell their company for 400 and something, whatever. 
millions of dollars, right? So I love to hear that. And you had said something in an article I had, I had read, and it was that there are a lot of things I won't do with my business. For example, a lot of investors would want us to take our cultural practices and put them for sale. So I'm, I was curious, have you, are you able to share, are there things people have asked you to do or something you've maybe witnessed where certain investors or, or people have asked you to do something inside of your business that you're like, no, 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 that's as a spiritual person, there's no way that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. So that, that's a great, I've been so fortunate because we have partnered with indigenous investors. So yeah, this is. Get it. Yes, they're the their name the company is called Raven Capital. They're based out of Vancouver, Canada, and we partnered with them in 2019 and they've been our investors ever since. So I'm yet to face, you know, some decisions that will be truly difficult. There's always hard decisions, but you know, I was raised by such an incredible woman, my mother, who I I am strong and stand in my values and principles. And there's many things that have come up where, of course, things like honesty and integrity, you're faced with all the time as a business owner. But thanks to my mom, like, honestly, kudos to her, because I really have a strong sense of values and principles based on my upbringing with my mom. Yeah, I feel like as would you and the older you get, it's almost like the stronger you become because of those early days of your life. And the older I've got, I've realized, no, I've, I've got the courage to say, no, that's a decision I'm not willing to make. And I've never been swayed by money, believe it or like, so, and that's, yeah, my mom, you know, I forget to tell her all the time. Maybe I'll send the podcast to her, but she's like, that. I did that too. I was like, mommy, I was talking about you. Like, you know, I've never been. I've been blessed because I work so hard. And yes, I'm grateful for achieving and, and really, I think getting maybe from the like material perspective and having all the things and just realizing how much they really don't matter. And, I'm, and, I, and I know that I'm in a fortunate position where I can now literally say, I would never make a decision because I'm like, I need the money, but I'm not starving either. So I'm not, I never want to sound like I think I'm you know, better than anybody else because, but I believe that, yeah, I believe the creator of the universe will always provide for me no matter what. And I'm reminded that every morning being going in nature is one of my daily practices and it helps me on my journey to stay sober. But watching the birds every single morning, I think about this when I see them winter, spring, fall, they're eating their breakfast. They're not worried about where that next meal is coming from any single day. And that is a daily reminder that I'd never have to worry because I'll be taken care of, especially when I'm making decisions that are hold true to my values and principles. Oh, I love that. So I, I'd love to hear what are, there's, what are some of the other things that you do to keep sane, balanced, striving, keep going? Are there any other practices that you have that I'd love for you to share? Everyone's always very curious. How do these business owners do it? Yeah. Cause it is a crazy, it's been, it's, it's a very, Fine consuming thing to run a business. So the morning is really important to me. It's getting and being out in nature, no matter the season, just fresh air, exercise, fitness. I walk actually every day to work when I can. If I'm in the, if I'm in the, the area, I've been traveling too much right now, which is awful, but 
that was just touring some forest tours and that's that the overripe visit all of them. So I'm taking the rest of the summer off from that, but walking to and from work and trying to eat healthy. And literally, you know, I spend a lot of my time meditating and, and, in, and praying too. I feel like you get a, like sometimes and I go to therapy, like, I, like, so every two weeks I, I see a therapist. And so there's a lot that life is hard. It's really hard. And I want to be a good person, but that's not innately who I always am inside. And some old things, like when I think of the, when I was still battling alcoholism, like I was an angry person and it was awful because you're, you tend to, when you're an addict, you, one, it become very selfish and everything is always everybody else's fault, which then makes you just angry because obviously you're not looking in the mirror at yourself. And so old traits and old characteristics will sometimes slide up. You know, if, if I meet someone where you get that kind of like trigger, I don't, I don't like her and I don't know why. And then it's probably a trait in myself, right? Like how weird is that? It's like, She's doing something that I know that I do that I don't like, but like, who am I to not like her? Because like, I don't know, a lot of this, and this happens all morning in my head. And as you're saying it, I'm like, okay, well, you have, you know, a reason and I don't. <laughs> like, I feel like that's sometimes, sometimes as well. So I love that you're sharing that because I'm like, wait a second, that happens all the time. Like, I'm just like, I really feel the energy because we're human. humans. And I feel like if your energy, it isn't, there's something that happens when I meet someone and instantly it's, it, it is, it's either we, we are like, boom, we're, yep. we're, we ain't. And, and that's okay. I don't have words for it all the time. Yeah. Some of my friends are like, we give the person a chance. And I'm like, I know what you're saying, but I really want to trust my instincts and my spirit. And to protect yourself. Right. Because you've, you know, it's how true is it when you haven't listened to your gut? that you find out later and you know exactly why you should have listened to your gut. And then you're just like, this is why I'm guarded, right? Yourself. You're like, my gut told me I yeah. didn't listen. And then I wonder why I question it next time. Yeah. Right? So I don't think that's unique to you. <laughs> that's like everyone's spirit just speaking to them and we really just need to listen. So the, we can't come off the podcast without talking about Dragon's Den, right? Okay. Because so many people who watch the show you know i'm a, you know i used to be a big watcher of the show you were on there you've tried out a couple of times before you got on there you got on there you got a deal and then tell tell people what happened well it was a terrible deal so anyone listening oh, would be no. i would be like absolutely not so of course walk away from it but it was such an incredible experience because i learned so much it was one of those moments where i learned so much about myself and how important it is to pitch because they tape it and you have an hour, but they then edit it down to those seven minutes, right? So just for everyone, it doesn't come out exactly how things happen. It's close, but it's not exactly how things go down actually in the den. But you know what? You're in front of real Canadian business icons. So I was like, let me ask them questions that I might never ask somebody. So I had the opportunity to do that. And then, you know, practicing and honing in on that pitch and being able to talk about your business. And you need to be able to do that. Like they say, it was two minutes flat and really explain everything. And so practicing for that was really powerful. And then, it, you know, we're marketers, all of us business owners, like to have a opportunity in Dragon's Den, we just saw our business has grown exponentially since that point. It's just the initial growing that audience. We definitely have an incredible Canadian audience because of Dragon's Den. All kinds of new customers came from that. It was an amazing experience. And I would tell everyone, just keep going. 
keep practicing, you know, and you might not get a deal. And for us, we're like, the deal wouldn't have been great because the investors that we found came at us with a way better deal, right? And so you just learn. I have no idea. And in those days, I had no idea what investing meant, what, how, like if they took equity, like what that actually really meant. So because we're still so new in those, those, those times where I was anyway, and I've learned a ton since then. And it was a really bad deal. So what was, are we, are you allowed to share what, I think it's public, but he said 50% of the company, he wanted 50% of the company, $125,000. I was for like, for $125,000, which now we can spend in a month on something, right? Like as a business owner, I'm like, that's got like, that's nothing. So but you knew enough to turn it down. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. But did you have like feelings of like, oh my God, what if I'm making a mistake? So our investors, we had met with them just before the taping of Dragon's End. So I already knew their offer and their offer was $350,000 for zero equity. Oh my God. So for, it was a- so it's called a convertible debt deal. So either you're taking this debt on of $350,000, you eventually pay them back at a, it was a really reasonable rate. I think it was like 6%. And then, or they can eventually become an equity partner depending on what you want. And meeting with Raven and realizing that we shared values and principles, I was like, these would be the perfect partner. So they are now an equity partner in our business because we went and got, they've invested now, I think it's $1.2 million in our brand since we that initial 350000 So they've been our sort of our financial backing from the beginning. And so having that deal, knowing, okay, that's a terrible deal when I know other deals exist out there, right? But that's when you're new, Imagine you really needed the funding and you don't know where you're going to get it. And I have no experience in the beauty industry. The bank is never going to give you money. Like that's not going to happen. Not in the so, of giving you money. If I was desperate, yeah. I don't know what I would have done, but I don't think I would have ever given up 50% better. That's just way too much, right? Oh my gosh. Well, I love that you had the people on the, the people waiting for you to do something way better than what, oh gosh, that's so, it's so devastating for 50% of your dream for work for pennies, building something so big. And a lot of people probably, you know, if they were just probably would have taken the deal, right? And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. So you've gained following, you've gained, you know, brand recognition. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about these products, because I think all the ladies here need to know, for anyone who's listening, if you hadn't seen that I had done a partnership with, you know, Cheekbone, and I got to like, you know, do a video of how I put on my face with all of my pieces. I just love your products. So, you know, they're vegan, and they work, you know, so I no shade to anybody who does sustainability and, you know, has says their, their products are vegan. I find that there's some always some kind of disconnect between like their performance and, you know, their ingredients. But I find that yours are great on both fronts. Oh, I love that you. it has really, I'm just going to totally plug you right now. That coconut oil is one of the main ingredients, especially I used the bronzer. I love the sustained, the complex, the complexion pencils. Oh, These are my favorite. Okay. I have like, and they I'm telling I want to tell everybody why I love them because people do ask me like where I get my makeup from and I love these pencils because they are messy free so I can do my contouring I can do my concealer without it being liquid because they're all pencils and I can just I can do eyeshadow with them and I can take them everywhere I go so I like that I can go and brush it up in the car or you know wherever I go because 
listen, especially on these hot days where your face is like is, is dripping off, you need these things. Okay. So that's first and foremost. And the other one is the nude lip gloss, which is now I'm like trying to locate it because Deep I have a bag. I'm a dress. I think it's such a perfect nude. I just love it so much. So yes, ladies, I'm endorsing them. Go and check them out if you haven't already. I think if anyone's following me, you guys have already seen me talking about cheekbone. But what I'm also really excited about is, you know, you being one of our sponsors for the Momentum Retreat that's happening this November and some of the very special ladies may get an extra special surprise from cheekbone. Shh, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything else. So I really want to acknowledge you, Jen, for all the work that you do. I want to say that you are an inspiration to all of us out here who want to put a mission at the forefront of what they're doing. It's so easy to fall into chasing the money when it'd be hard out here. And you really stick into your convictions has other people who are in the game of building something do the same. So I really want you to know that we appreciate you out here. We see you working. We see you striving. We see you hustling. And keep doing that because you're, you're really, no matter how small you think your voice is, it is reverberating through some mountains for a lot of people. So thank you so much. And tell people how we can further support Cheekbone and where's the best place for everybody to go after this podcast. Well, to check out our full line of products, head to cheekbonebeauty.com, but you can also go to sephora.ca or there's 15 stores. I think the GTA is Yorkdale, Bloor, Mississauga, Square One. And why am I forgetting? Eaton Center. I'm like, Eaton Center. They don't have all of our stuff, though. They have very limited selection. So we are hustling with Sephora right now and be like, you need more of our stuff. So go in there and say, you need more of Cheekbone Beauty stuff so you can see it there. But yeah, our first and foremost, our website, you will find everything, especially those complexion pencils, which are my absolute favorite product as well. Like I literally was tearing up because I don't know how to sell these and you just did it for me. And I'm like, I literally like when we get this podcast, I'm going to be like, let's, we're, we're going to be making clips, but that, you know, clips, we're going to send you, we'll send you the transcripts. We'll send you everything because yeah. I friggin' love these. Pen- okay. I have two just here waiting for me. Yeah. They're right. So They're good. Just- They're so good. I love them. On all fronts. It's like multi, if I can multitask with one product, you won me over already. That. And here's the thing. They're wood. They're completely biodegradable. They're not living in a landfill. Like most pencils like that come in plastic, right? That's living living forever. Remember that everything in plastic is forever. It's never going away. So if you can buy something in paper, wood, or our mission at Cheekbone is reusable, which a lot of our palettes are reusable, refillable. That's the best. Number one in sustainability. Anyway, I'll go on for that forever. But well, we'll but that is that next time. Because your lipsticks, I have your lipsticks here. Same thing. They're paper. Yeah. The outsides are paper. Yeah. You don't even really think about it. Yeah. And think about the difference that it makes, especially how much makeup we actually go through. And exactly. And, and we're also for a solution for any plastic you find with our brand. You ship it back to us or drop it in these boxes found at any winners across the country. It's called the Pact Collective. And they actually turn the plastic back into a new plastic product. So at least it's being recycled into another plastic. Things that we put in our recycling bin, 
Don't use those recycling bins because only 5% of it actually gets recycled. The rest is going directly to a landfill. Anything that is black or dark plastic does never gets repurposed. It's clear or light plastic only that will get a new life. And that's why we only chose, you'll notice our mascara is a white plastic container and all of our caps are clear or white. And that's because white and light will actually get turned into a new life. Guys, I had no idea. That is amazing. I'm sure all that information is on your website, but I'm sure you also share this on social. But thank you for sharing that last piece because I had no idea and it actually has me think a lot about I'm not going to mention any brands. Yeah, it's, that are. Really, it's, our industry is awful, but we're here to help. I think once small brands like us, if we can do it, everyone's going to figure it out too. If the small guys can do it, the big men can pull up the panties and do it as well. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much Thank for you. being here. I so appreciate you. Guys, make sure you share this with people. Take a screenshot. Let people know what they be missing. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Bryan underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.